Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Super Mercato Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Thanks so much for joining us. Once again, this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I... And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for joining us for this very long overdue, very exciting, very epic episode of our podcast. Today, we're going to be spotlighting on... It's very varied. (laughs) We're going to be spotlighting on the Elder Scrolls series of video games. Yeah, Elder Scrolls is a series that's been around for quite a while. It started in 1994, and it's an action RPG series. And something that I think is really cool, because I'm familiar with the more recent games like Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. Like most people are, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that even the first game, Elder Scrolls Arena, was a first-person RPG. That's I thought crazy. that was so cool to learn that. Especially it came out in 94. I actually had no knowledge of those early games, so that's going to be fun to kind of play music uh, from, I would say, slightly more obscure games. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are fans of the Elder Scrolls series mm-hmm. that I would say maybe have started with Morrowind for the most part. Right. I, mean, I know there's a lot of people that probably never played Arena or Daggerfall, which are the first two entries. Well, it seems like with each Elder Scrolls game, um, they break further and further into, you know, public awareness and the Mm -hmm. consciousness of pop culture. Like Skyrim was probably the most popular game that released that year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skyrim is definitely uh, the most popular of the entire series, and musically, too, that soundtrack is universally well-loved. There's only a couple other games I can think of in the history of video game music that is as popular as something like Skyrim. Final Fantasy VII comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Skyrim is an absolute modern classic, so don't worry. Or something we're like be... World of Warcraft or Exactly. Halo. So what you guys heard playing in, that was actually from Skyrim. That track was called Watch the Skies, and that was composed, like most of the modern series, by the wonderful Jeremy Soule. So most of the music we're going to hear today is composed by Jeremy Soule. But we're going to start off back with the first game called Elder Scrolls Arena, which came out in 1994. And the series did not start off with Jeremy Soule. So... This first game was composed by Eric Haberling, and we're going to play one track from this first game. Let's take a listen to Sunny Day from The Elder Scrolls Arena. pretty piece of music. You guys are listening to Sunny Day from the Elder Scrolls Arena composed by Eric Haberling and really it's a fitting way to start off talking about this series. Really guys, once we move into the modern age, Jeremy Soule's work when you go back to something like this, it almost feels like it's going back to a child versus an adult. I mean, the music of the Elder Scrolls gets so sophisticated and subtle Um, So going back to something that's so simple and melodic is really fun, but it's definitely very different than where musically the, the series would end up. 
Well, I think it really reflects um, what some of the popular techniques were in film scoring, because I think mm-hmm. um, each Elder Scrolls game, uh, the music is quite sophisticated for the time when you're looking at uh, the context of the rest of what's happening in video game music. But what I True. really love about the early Elder Scrolls games is, first of all, they kind of remind me of that like PC composer sound, you know, something like the LucasArts games. But also, yeah. you know, it reminds me of... Well, it reminds me of games like Wing Commander and things like that, but just some of the uh, film music cliches, like a lot of the early music uses some of those same modulations, like the Neapolitan chord and just sort Mm -hmm. of a free harmonic sensibility. It almost feels a little bit spacey. It almost sounds like a game that would take place in space. And it also reminds me, you know, of film scores like Lawrence of Arabia and things like that. Now, Will, is there anything, and we're going to talk about this more, it's going to be easier to have this conversation when we move on into the, the modern entries, but is there anything that you're hearing in this track, and you listen to some of the tracks from these first two games you helped me out with some of the whittling uh is there anything about this that strikes you as sounding like it would fit an rpg game versus a different type of video game Absolutely. What I really notice is, and I think this is true of every soundtrack in this series, the sense of vastness that's created is really kind of overwhelming. And it's Mm. probably the number one adjective I would use to describe all this music. It's really trying to create the sense of this huge world. I think if we just look at the chord progression in this one, we get that sensibility. First of all, oscillating between um, the tonic and the flat six chord um, is a very kind of powerful thing. It gives you the sense of pushing the bounds of tonality and then we modulate into a different key freely so there is this kind of open lush vastness about it and mm-hmm. it's very different though from how Jeremy Soul will score that sensation of vastness so where he's able to use you know instruments and uh, different modern production techniques to capture that vastness but I do think that's sort of one of the appeals of the series. Awesome. So now we're going to move on to the second entry in this series. This is The Elder Scrolls Daggerfall. And this game came out in 1996. And this is a really cool soundtrack. We're actually going to play two tracks from this soundtrack because we thought this was pretty solid. Uh, Will, you were the one who chose these two tracks. Is there anything you want to say about this first track we're going to play from Daggerfall? Um, it's a very kind of classic melody. It's um, operated like a sequence, so where you have sort of a melodic nugget, and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of repeated over and over again through uh, a chord sequence. But uh, I, I found it very appealing. It, it sounds c- quite familiar. It sounds like something that you've heard before, but I think right. that's what makes it work so well. And again, we're dealing with the same composer, Eric Haberling, so uh, we have some of that similar um, sound musically. Absolutely. So we're We're going to take a listen to Eerie from Daggerfall.
That is very eerie. It's a fitting title. You guys are listening to Eerie from The Elder Scrolls to Daggerfall, composed by Eric Haberling. And did you guys notice that really kind of creepy instrument that's falling in pitch? The that's right. very soft in this track. Will, what do you think that might represent? Even if we just want to talk about musically, what do you think that instrument kind of represents? Oh, I think that's sort of where the piece gets its name. There's something unsettling about having um, a very structured piece harmonically with not a lot of unintentional dissonances, and then um, clashing that with this kind of falling pitch. Uh, I think yes. there is something really eerie about that. This chord sequence, I'm really a, a fan of it. You know, it kind of sounds like Bernard Herrmann. It's that very kind of constantly wandering thing where we just oscillate from key to key, and it really does feel like a sequence like a, a, chord a chord sequence, sequence. we're going from here to here and you can kind of anticipate where it's going yeah and one thing we'll say is uh this is a solid soundtrack and there's a lot of good music here but it does feel kind of by the books in, in almost every single track samey. it feels kind of like you've you've already heard it before in a lot of films one thing that is kind of wonderful though about this era of uh for the most part pc music is it's like the general midi era and how <laughs> right. many games and soundtracks did we grow up with that had this kind of quality yeah. of sound where exactly. it just uh it kind of gives it a cohesiveness as far as like mm -hmm. this you could call this the general midi age of video game music well it's interesting i think uh a few years ago you know anything um under like 10 years ago i would have said that the general midi stuff really kind of fits into that uncanny valley of sounding mm -hmm. really fakey and not really pleasing but i think it's long enough ago that it's starting to come back around and seem kind of <laughs> cute that yes. stuff i don't know maybe it's nostalgia I, I can't quite say but one thing i do love is uh, there is a lot of sameness to the early elder scrolls games sameness within itself and with um music that we've heard before in films and games um but it's really expertly done mm -hmm. um the orchestration of all these things is really solid i really like the range of this piece uh the phrase is tessitura where you're looking at you know the highest note to lowest note how far spread it is i really like that you have sort of the strings on the top and bottom doing the melody and the bass and then sort of in between you have that harp line and it's really kind of delicate and balanced I really like the harp part it's doing all those arpeggios and then it does the do 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 bring those little colors at the top I thought that's and, and harp really nice. is, is an instrument that has always sounded good even back in the 90s with general midi it always sounds fairly realistic and fairly expressive it's a short attack yeah really pretty stuff so let's play the second and the last track we're going to play today from Daggerfall this one is called Neutral, composed by Eric Haberling.
were listening to Neutral from Daggerfall. Uh, this one definitely, to me, felt reminiscent of the Lawrence of Arabia theme and a lot of yes. film music in general. And I think one of the reasons for that, again, I really like sort of the harmony that's conveyed here. Here, it's a mixture of the sort of Arabian scale, which uses a lot of uh, augmented seconds, but also it combines that with the sound of the modes, in particular sort of the Mixolydian mode, um, mm -hmm. which allows... Uh, a sort of major chord sound um, right below. So for example, if you're in C major, it would be the introduction of the B flat major chord. Which is so powerful. Oh, it's exactly. Great. Yeah, no, one thing that's so interesting is this is a very uh, well-composed piece, but unfortunately this is one where those general MIDI sounds just aren't doing justice to kind of uh, the lushness and the the expression that this piece really wants. It's really craving a lot of expression and kind of subtlety as far as the performance. So that's something right. where I would actually really like to hear this orchestrated uh, with real instruments. Yeah, definitely. I think it would be gorgeous. Well, I think it's when you're going for music that's kind of subtle and not really really fast moving melodically there's mm -hmm. not a lot of busy active lines to catch your ear uh, i think you kind of are dependent on performance and timbre yes. and and things to kind of stimulate you musically and when you mm -hmm. don't get that with general midi it can kind of seem boring but i agree i think this music would be lovely if it was you know, orchestrated Okay, guys, so playtime's over. It's now time to get down <laughs> to business. This is what you guys came here for, the Jeremy Soul soundtracks in this series. We're talking about 3, 4, and 5 here. So we're going to start off with The Elder Scrolls III Morrowind. This came out for the PC, and it also was ported to the Xbox. This game was released in 2002, and this really was, in my opinion, uh, the first kind of big game in the series. I remember this is the first game I ever heard of in this series. I remember when this came out a lot of people at school were talking about it is and this felt the like, first game that bethesda worked on uh i don't believe so i just think that the ones before this uh you know they weren't as well known of a company but anyway right. morrowind uh we're gonna start off with the main title theme for morrowind this is nerevar rising of course composed by jeremy soul and what's great guys is as we move through these three wonderful scores morrowind oblivion and skyrim you're gonna hear jeremy's skills at sequencing virtual instruments improve and the technology when you have to think about when right. these games were came out is going to be improving so we're really going to be moving through time uh, as far as modern uh, orchestral video game music so let's take a listen to Nerevar Rising from Morrowind
You guys are listening to Nervar Rising, which is the title track of Morrowind, composed by the wonderful Jeremy Soul. Yeah, this is really one of the most emotional and beautiful pieces in this soundtrack. I remember when uh, Stephen and Brian Kelly were on with a, our most recent Favorites with Friends episode, they talked about how incredibly um, kind of emotional and nostalgic this piece was for them. When they hear this music, it just immediately takes them back into that world. And I think that's definitely the case for just thousands of gamers around the world. When they hear this music, it, it just takes them right back. Well, that's to the credit of Jeremy Soul. He really did a wonderful job in these games, and he's a very consistent uh, composer. I don't mean necessarily consistent in style, but consistent in quality. Um, yes. I think we're both really big fans of his, and uh, there's a little bit um, an aspect of kind of awe because um, mm-hmm. the type of music that he makes, especially for the Elder Scrolls series, is one that kind of eludes my understanding because... It's the type of thing where it's not always catchy, it's not always tuneful, but like, it's this really... Is not, this is actually not a good example. This piece is by far the most maybe right. catchy and melodic of almost the entire series. But what I tend to find is it's usually very effective and powerful. But also, what's interesting is oftentimes when we say that um, and something isn't melodic or isn't catchy or tuneful or whatever, it's because it has other things, a lot of kind of busier elements to it, really complex and kind of dense. Mm-hmm. Um, and while there are tracks like that in the Elder Scrolls series, what I find so impressive is how much emotion Jeremy Soule oh my is gosh. able to convey with so little sometimes musically. And I think that's really a true testament. Yeah, and it really has to be said that he's conveying all this emotion for the most part with fake instruments and i know especially for skyrim that is not widely known that this is all sample this is all vsts i do think there's some real choir but as far as the orchestral instruments none of it is real and he definitely fools most listeners on that soundtrack um but yeah no beautiful stuff yeah even though i know that it's still kind of hard to believe when you listen to it yeah and we're gonna get that you know obviously Later on in this episode, uh, we're going to hear the technology improve a little bit. Now we're going to move on to a really beautiful, subtle, soft piece called Peaceful Waters for Morrowind.
You guys are listening to Peaceful Waters from Morrowind, composed by Jeremy Soule. This really is more fitting, more common uh, of the modern entries, the modern music of the Elder Scrolls. You know, I would say most of the tracks you're going to hear are going to be very delicate and soft and beautiful. And then occasionally the big drums come in and occasionally the intensity comes in and the conflict comes in. But more of the time, and maybe this makes sense with the game, you know, most of the time uh, you're going to have kind of relaxing music in the background. And that's definitely the case, I would say, with Morrowind. Uh, really beautiful stuff here. Well, what are your thoughts on this particular track? I think it's so captivating. I'm really kind of on the edge of my seat just because the music really pulls you in. Some things just musically that I was very drawn to, the tints of the Lydian scale, which um, uses the major two chord, but then also, you know, some free use of other borrowed chords. Just in general, that kind of modal quality is something that makes it feel a little bit timeless and ancient. Um, but also just the use of pedal tones, you know, times where it seems like the general um, chord structure is almost staying the same in the melody and other harmonizations are kind of mm-hmm. moving around that. It really grips you and has this focus to the music that, again, you know, this is so simple. There's not a lot of active and busy parts, but it's so emotional and it's so it's very emotional. It kind of reminds me of like modern choir harmony, something like Eric Whitaker, where, you know, it's moving very slow, but there's a lot of kind of cluster and um, density to it. I think a lot of people were affected by how emotional this music was, but there were a lot of people that criticized this soundtrack. I think the length of it uh, is actually fairly short, especially when you think about how Uh. epic and long of a game it is. I think the soundtrack is only like 45 minutes. And I know that especially, uh, you know, publications, there were a lot of people that criticized at least how it worked in the game. I think when you listen to the soundtrack, it's really enjoyable and great. But as far as how it's used in the game, I think some people thought uh, the main theme was maybe used too much. There's a lot of different things that I've heard online. Uh, But nevertheless, it was nominated for Outstanding Achievement in original music composition at the 6th Annual Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences Awards. Wow. But uh, it actually lost to Medal of Honor Frontline, which is oh, interesting. Oh, cool. uh, Michael Giacchino. Real Orchestra by Giacchino. So, you know, you can't really fault that decision. But we're now going to move on to, uh, we're going to play two more tracks, four total today, from Morrowind. The next track we're going to play is The Road Most Traveled.
You guys are listening to The Road Most Traveled from The Elder Scrolls III Morrowind, composed by Jeremy Soule. And one thing that I love to hear, because this past week I was listening to these soundtracks all day at work, like nonstop, and it was such good music to have in the background. But I noticed that as you go uh, from three to four to five, not only technically, but compositionally, he's really evolving as far as how much emotion he's putting into the music how intense it is, how deep and heavy it is. So when we get, by the time we get to Skyrim today, guys, it's going to be just very, very heavy. Uh, This is music that really affects you. I mean, this isn't something you just can listen to and be unaffected to it. And and I'm already, you know, hearing that in Morrowind. So we're going to just get more and more of that as we go on today. Absolutely. And even though it's a virtual orchestra, his um, control over the orchestra is great. He writes idiomatically for all the instruments and has a good sensibility of when to sort of expand the range and move things to different instruments. Another thing I love is this piece is sort of a dance that's in three. Um, and it also melodically has that sort of Celtic sensibility to it. The da, 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 da. It really kind of sets the mood and creates the world a little bit. The reason why I chose this track uh, to play is because I think it was the strongest melody of the whole soundtrack. It really was a memorable melody. And, and, and honestly, that as far as melodies goes, that's not something that is uh, really the focus of this series, and, and nor, nor should it be. Other than, you know, a couple of the main themes, melody is not really the center stage of this music. It's more about the emotion and the overall lushness of sound. This was one of the tracks that I really was immediately struck by the melody. So I wanted to include that as a nice change of pace. Absolutely. Very, very cool. So now we're going to move on to the last track we'll play today from Morrowind. This is Ambush.
You guys are listening to Ambush from Morrowind. This is, oh my gosh, yeah. A little bit more conflict we're hearing here, but it's not the peak of conflict. And and that's another thing I will say is that uh, Oblivion and especially Skyrim, you have a lot more diversity in which kinds of emotions. You have some of the softest, most subtlest stuff, but you also have some of the most epic and intense stuff. And in Morrowind, there's not quite as much of that diversity, but this is such an effective piece of music. Will, what do you think about uh, Ambush? I really love this track. Um, in particular, something that caught my ear was the piano ostinato that appears towards uh, like the middle section of this piece. Uh, the sound timbre of it and musically the idea, it kind of reminded me of Alexander Desplat's uh, score to The Imitation Game, which is funny because he sort of intentionally um, made his own piano samples and played them back so it would sound sort of digital and robotic. And I'm sure that was not the intention of this soundtrack, Hmm. but it just shows how um, much more advanced we've gotten as far as virtual instruments. But musically, I just love this piece. And again, for the time, you know, 2002, this is really incredible uh, for Jeremy Soule to achieve this level of realism. I think it's only because it is so good and he's operating on such a high level that, you know, you can kind of be um, nitpicky as far as the sounds. Mm-hmm. So, guys, now we're going to move on to The Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. This came out in 2006, and we're going to play four tracks from this wonderful soundtrack. Let's start things off with, I believe, the main theme of this game. This is Reign of the Septims from Jeremy Soule. This is so beautiful. You guys are listening to Reign of the Septims. This is the main theme of The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, composed by the wonderful Jeremy Soule. Already, we're so much more advanced and evolved from where we came from Morrowind in every aspect. Musically, the orchestration, everything is a little bit more sophisticated. Definitely the implementation with these virtual instruments. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like this is kind of a variation of the Nerevar Rising theme. Am I just 
hearing things or doesn't it kind of feel like this is almost like a different version of that theme? Possibly they definitely occupy a similar uh, headspace and sort of share a melodic climax. Uh, I really love this though. I, I the, the sound of these virtual instruments is incredible. Uh, the kind of reverb chains that he uses really make it sound completely real. Um, it's really excellently mm-hmm. done. And again, you brought up uh, the quality of the orchestration, which again just blows me away because, you know, when you use virtual instruments, chances are you're not going to be hiring an orchestrator to extrapolate your parts. So this is all <laughs> just Jeremy Soule, and he does such an incredible job. He he must really be familiar intimately with writing for the orchestra. I mean, I know at this he point he yeah. worked on um, some of the Harry Potter games and things, but I mean, his control over it is so natural, and he really kind of has his finger on the modern contemporary sense of you know film music or video game music, how to score for the orchestra, both musically and, um, you know, how to write for each instrument idiomatically. Yeah, I do know that there is a little bit of kind of cross-pollination between soundtracks and games as far as themes, uh, you know, being repeated. And I do hear uh, parts of this theme. I do know that he touches on it in the Skyrim's main theme. So whether or not it's also comes from Morrowind, you know, maybe or maybe not. I might be getting it mixed up. But yeah, there is kind of a reverence for the work that he's done before. And there's a lot of, I can tell there's a lot of fan service so that if you're a fan of Morrowind and then you played Oblivion and then you played Skyrim, there's definitely callbacks um, uh, with this music. So really, really cool stuff. Well, I really like the kind of the simple quarter note melody. The way that he plays with rhythms mm-hmm. is great because, uh, for example, when we listen to that track, The Road Most Traveled, his use of dotted rhythms in that 3-4 uh, meter was mm-hmm. really kind of compelling and um, kind of made the period more identifiable. But here what I really love is uh, his use of those kind of consistent um, non-syncopated rhythms, not dotted rhythms, so straight da da yeah. da It really kind of focuses the ear towards that melodic line. Well, we got to move on because we have three more tracks to play from Oblivion, and they're all wonderful. Now we're going to play a track called Harvest Dawn. This is one of my favorites from the soundtrack. We're listening to Harvest Dawn from Oblivion. Oh my gosh. 
What I love is that this melody almost sounds like it could be a folk melody that would be sung throughout the world mm-hmm. of Oblivion, but it's orchestrated in such a modern way. What I love is, you know, you have that beautiful flute melody, but when the high strings come in and they're just sustaining that chord and allowing that melody to um, kind of not be tempered with harmonically, just that chord sustains for so long. It's a very kind of modern technique of not really um, harmonically scoring all the different movements in the melody, but it's just so emotionally captivating. Yeah, no, there's a lot of uh, great use of either A, the Dorian mode, or B, the pentatonic scale when he's coming up with these right. simple melodies that feel timeless, and they feel very ancient and old. And I they're like the idea... they too. Yeah, they're very folky. I like the idea of, of writing a melody, the first step, that's the first step of writing a melody like that, right. and then like you said, orchestrating it in a way where it's kind of that combination of old and new. It feels like modern right. orchestral music, but it feels timeless. It feels like it's evoking an older era, yeah. you know, and that's very important. Well, totally, because when you listen to a piece like Reign of the Septums, it really strikes you that um, the whole thing was kind of created at once, and the harmonic mm-hmm. identity of the piece is really... Um, you know, one-to-one with the identity of the piece, but something like this, you know, it really, the focus of the melody is so kind of juxtaposed with the harmony, where the harmony is very kind of static um, and uh, stationary, Mm -hmm. and the melody kind of moves all over and has that folk quality to it and those more complex dotted singable rhythms, though, Yeah, that was a track, Harvest Dawn, that was a track in particular where I was at my desk and it stopped me in my tracks. I Literally, I stopped working and I was just like, really moved by it so yeah a lot of this music and particularly for me I, I do think Skyrim is my favorite soundtrack in the series I think it's his his masterpiece I was very very moved by a lot of it um, and it was cool because I hadn't you know listened to the entire thing before so it was, again Preparing for these topics. Carl, did you mean to say that Oblivion was his masterpiece? No, no, I love Oblivion, but Skyrim, okay. which we haven't gotten to, uh, okay. is definitely what I would say is my favorite. Um, but no, Oblivion's excellent. It's probably my second favorite. We have two more tracks from it. We're going to play a track called King and Country. Whew. 
Wow, this is an incredible piece of music. You guys are listening to King and Country, composed by Jeremy Soul from Oblivion. What a beast. Oh my gosh, I can't believe his sequencing is just out of this world. I'm a really big fan of those flute harmonies. The, the use of dynamics, and they really feel performed. Uh, yeah. Just kind of that undercurrent throughout the entire piece. This air of mystery. Oh my gosh. Ah, this is just a masterful composition. Really, one of the standouts of the whole series. So many things to say about this one. Yeah, like you, Carl, I'm just blown away by the implementation of all this. Uh, the sequencing of that clarinet line in particular that has so much kind of rhythmic and tempo push and pull mm -hmm. that just feels very natural and performed, which you almost never get with sequence stuff like this. So that's fantastic. Um, musically, I love how you start with just these kind of pedal this pedal tone and pedal harmony where it's just static and the melody kind of sprouts out of that like a plant and just continues to grow and modulate and get higher and higher and it's just so emotionally compelling and it's all happening over you know that flute line that ostinato that's just kind of static again the emotional implications of uh the sort of simplicity of everything each part is operating so confidently and independently um yet when you put it together uh it's quite dense and the emotional implications of everything are just uh, so compelling. And yeah, this is one. This might be my favorite track we've played on the show today. It's just incredible. And and you don't want to harp too much about the technical side of things, but I think it's important to talk about because it's so dang impressive that this isn't an orchestra, and most people would never yeah. know that. And that really, ha you have to owe that to the work, the amount of hours that he put in, focusing on every single track, right. every single instrument and channel, and then the overall uh, effect of when it's all together it's just so so hard to do and it's some of the best sequencing i've ever heard yeah and it's composed so authentically for an orchestra is the other thing that just blows me away as well i think regardless of the implementation you know if the music wasn't idiomatic if the music didn't fit the sound of the orchestra it it may not work but all the pieces come into place and it's it's really incredible to think you know one man was able to do all this it almost reminds you of you know the early days of video game music where you have one person kind of implementing everything uh, to think that jeremy oh, soul it's crazy was also producing and everything and we haven't even gotten to skyrim which sounds even better <laughs> it's just insane yeah oh well such a beast i would like to take a course from him on sequencing so anyway now we're going to move on to the last track we'll talk about from oblivion this is fall of the hammer we have a little bit more action here here we go
guys are listening to Fall of the Hammer, one thing that really struck me about this is how uh, kind of the rhythms mathematically, right. uh, they're, the, the you know, it's like you have the horns that are having the longest sustained notes, you know, the biggest, and then you have the strings, which is a little bit more fast, kind of quarter note based. Then you have the woodwinds, which is even faster. And having all of them together at the same time, is it ever intense? It's, it's very powerful. Well, it's that kind of three over two sensation where it's sort of like a polyrhythm and you dent, 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 dent. And everything's syncopated and interlocked so nicely. It's really cool that, you know, the parts are so consistent and brief musically, Mm -hmm. um, but they're all repeated like ostinatos. And when they're placed together, you get this very kind of complex sound. It's, It's just really a beautiful idea. I'm seeing it a lot today. Um, with this composer, but uh, the idea of complexity born from simplicity, I yes. just really think it's wonderful, and it's something that we're definitely going to continue to see in the next game, Skyrim. Well, guys, it's now time to move on to the next game. This is The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. It came out in 2011, and the first track we're going to play today happens to be this week's Track of the Week. A very fitting choice. I think this is one of the most popular and well-loved of the whole series. This is Dragonborn, the main theme of Skyrim, composed by Jeremy Soule. It's absolutely rousing. Let's take a listen to this wonderful piece of video game music. You guys are listening to Dragonborn. It's this week's track of the week. This is the main theme from Skyrim. And this was recorded with a choir of over 30 people singing in the actual game, the game world's language. I believe the language is called Draconic. Uh, So yeah, they're actually singing in that language. And I think one of the cool things that Jeremy did is he took 
three separate recordings and tripled it together to make it sound like 90 voices, which is right. just so epic. There's so much to talk about. Uh, let's start with the music, the composition of this track. Yeah, this is really stunning. I think it's incredible the journey that he can take you on in one piece. You have this opening section and the part that we sort of return to musically, this energy, it's so rousing and epic. It Again, very vast. It gives you the sense of the nature, the scope of this world. But then right but here. Then he takes it down and introduces this beautiful mm-hmm. lyrical melody. And it's done in so many ways. First of all, it's much more quiet dynamically. It's reduced as far as the instruments. And um, it juxtaposes, you know, if in the epic section we have those rousing um, large piece male choir. And here we introduce this female soprano soloist. And she's singing without any vibrato. Mm-hmm. Um, so the contrast, obviously, between a male choir and a uh, a solo soprano is juxtaposed, but also she's singing with this beautiful sort of straight tone, and it just really hits you. It's such a lyrical melody. And I, what I love about Jeremy Soule is both his composition and his implementation are so married that it's just a really powerful effect because everything is working to achieve the same goal. It's absolutely brilliant. We're now going to move on to a very beautiful piece of music called From Past to Present. You guys are listening to From Past to Present from The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, composed by the wonderful Jeremy Soule. I think this is a good time for us to catch up. You know, as you guys know, um, we're not recording in the same room, so we like to take a little bit of time each week to kind of just talk and see what the other person's up to. So, Will, we'll start with you. What's been going on with you lately? 
I've just been having a wonderful time in college. It's just been so incredible for me to think that, you know, this is only my freshman year, but the amount of opportunities that I've had already have just been great. I'm really enjoying all my projects for different classes. I think I mentioned before that I'm taking a counterpoint class, so I'm really enjoying, you know, writing fugues and subjects and things of that nature. Yeah, I remember doing that in college. I remember that was such a good time to write fugues. It kind of go outside of something you'd ever done before, but it kind of leads you to come up with cool things that you never would have thought of before. Right, and I'm also working on a piece for orchestra and um, an organ, Pasacalia, which is a dance in 3-4, and just a piece for uh, bass, flute, and cello trio. Crazy. is exciting. Just a a lot of really fun stuff, and, you know, I'm so enjoying and looking forward to wrapping up uh, our work for Oh, I thought you said you were looking forward to rapping. I thought you were going to start a new rap career in college. (laughs) No, I'm looking forward to wrapping up our work on Hello World. Uh, Actually, this past weekend, um, Carl, Marty, and I filmed a promo video uh, which will be coming out soon yeah it's actually going to be coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this on Monday yeah. it's going to be coming out Tuesday so we're going to really let exciting. you guys all in on sort of behind the scenes of our most recent project and something that we're so excited uh, to share with you uh, we really think it's sort of the pinnacle of all the Mercado Brothers albums thus far absolutely it's definitely the thing I'm I've never been this excited about an album before uh, from our, as far as our Mercado Brothers stuff and it's a double album so yeah you get two you get two full Super Mercado Brothers albums. Oh, yeah, it's going to be so, so, so cool. That sounds good. Uh, any Anything musically that you've been kind of getting into recently other than just kind of your work in college? I've been really listening to a lot of uh, Fountains of Wayne, um, you know, one of our favorite nice. bands, and uh, the songwriter Adam Schlesinger, who's just a great pop songwriter, has a wonderful gift for melody and chords um so i've just been kind of really into that you know i I do so much stuff with classical music during the day at school so oftentimes the music that i listen to on my own time will usually be you know from musicals or it'll be pop music or from some other genre just to kind of give my ears a rest and listen to something different absolutely no that sounds really cool yeah uh Recently, this past weekend, uh, we had our CD release show for Electrosurgery, and Will and Marty were actually able to come to that, so thanks, Will, for coming to that. That was, yeah, that was really nice of you to come home for that. Yeah, no, that was such a good time, a great turnout. It's it's fun to finally now have the CD out with the world. People are seem to be really enjoying it, so now we just kind of look forward to kind of you know seeing where we're going to go next as a band. But no, yeah, kind of same here. One thing I wanted to say is uh, my friend Frank, he actually is a keyboard. He's a keyboard player in uh, Carl being the Soul Search, and he actually helped shoot that promo this past weekend. But he showed me someone really cool this past week, this old uh, Japanese composer. Uh, it's like from the 70s. It's mm. not video game music. It's just music from Japan that sounds <laughs> kind of video game music. Uh, his name is Shigeo Sakito and the the album is called Special Sound Series Volume 2 and uh, it's kind of hard to find but if you if you're curious you look it up online it's really cool stuff really kind of awesome, cutting man. edge ahead of its time so yeah I've been kind of listening yeah. to Frank's great I mean he's such a good uh, pianist really crazy stuff you know as he just 
he really makes the piano shred. <laughs> oh my gosh, does he ever. Yeah, no, really cool stuff. And I've been listening to a lot of Lettuce this past week, one of my favorite uh, jazz funk groups. My favorite album of theirs is actually their first live album. It's called Live in Tokyo, <laughs> fittingly enough. Uh, it's from the early 2000s, and it's it's just one of my favorite live albums I've ever heard. It's so much energy, so much precision, uh, just absolute beasts. So yeah, Lettuce is uh, kind of the... Thing I'm listening to this week. You know, we're yeah. kind of like the opposite of most podcasts. Most podcasts, they have just like this bulk 10 minute chunk in the front where they just talk about their <laughs> lives and we kind of bury it right in the middle. Yeah, of I think that's show. a good thing to do though. Well, you got to earn those personal right moments. Yeah. Otherwise people just skip it. So now we're going to move on to a track called Unbroken Road from Skyrim. You guys are listening to Unbroken Road from The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, composed by Jeremy Beast Soul. (laughs) Very, very subtle piece of music. Uh, Yeah, I would say for the most part, the tracks that really kind of hit me most, that really affected me and moved me, were the soft and beautiful and subtle pieces of music. You know, I'm a big fan of the big rousing stuff, but for me, that stuff... um, didn't kind of differentiate itself as much from other video game music where some of this soft stuff there's really nothing like it i haven't really heard something like this as far as how kind of 
minimal it is. And that's right. something he's so interested in is, is having something very minimal to not have the players get sick of themes just to re- really make it atmospheric. And wow, does he ever achieve that? But at the same time, if you do listen to it intently, there's a lot there to reward you. Right. It really has that soul, that Jeremy soul. <laughs> that Jeremy soul. <laughs> yeah. Something that really impresses me about this one, obviously the long nature of it, it it's a, such a natural form. You know, he can go between different contrasting emotions and he takes you there in a very linear way with any without any sort of like abrupt or awkward changes. It's just so natural. And it's perfect for a game because in a game you need the music to transition slowly and naturally. Uh, yes. Something from an implementation side that I really observed that I loved, that part at the beginning with you have the with the different accents that really help to make the orchestra feel alive and real because it's so often times you know you get this digital sound when you're doing these ostinatos but by giving (laughs) accents to the notes and very drastic ones you know you have these very loud bombastic and then then just very quiet subtleness it really um, like I said it brings the orchestra to life another thing I don't know how he gets his solo instruments to sound so good Uh, like that flute that solo flute I mean it's possible that he has created his own samples from actually recording uh, solo players but one thing is I do know that that Dragonborn featured that full choir, but I don't think the full soundtrack necessarily featured that choir. So there's a lot of times when you're hearing choral voices that maybe those aren't always real either. It could be the East-West symphonic choirs. That's a very popular um, virtual instrument that uses choirs. But regardless, the effect is the same. It's just absolutely moving. Again, the composition and the technicals are all married and they're working together Mm -hmm. to just create this powerful effect musically. I love that little nugget oh that's great now we're going to move on to one of my favorite tracks from this soundtrack really a change of pace musically this this kind of stands on its own it doesn't sound like any other piece from the soundtrack this is the streets of white run from skyrim
track is called The Streets of White Run from Skyrim. Carl, you were saying something uh, really sweet about this track uh, that it gave you sort of a sense of optimism. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, something about this track, the reason I wanted to include it, there's this sense of hope and optimism that I don't hear in any other piece in this soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And it's really powerful, the lush chords and how you can't really tell when one comes in and when one leaves. It's just really beautiful. It just feels like I'm kind of flying in a way. It's just the most positive emotion that uh, you can ever hope for when you're listening to music. This really hit me in the face uh, when I listened to this at work this week. This is, of course, The Streets of Whiterun. Will, uh, what are some of the things that stood out to you about this track? That solo cello, man, it sounds wow. so good. It sounds so real. It's just fake enough to be impressive how real it sounds. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. I, I don't know how he does it, man. It's It blows me away. And the music, again, um, is so great. Something I love about Jeremy's soul is that even though it's more contemporary score as far as the style, for video games... I really like that he is just using the orchestra in a very kind of unbastardized way. He's not creating these plates of sound that sound vaguely digital and vaguely orchestral. You know, he is using the orchestra authentically. You know, if you were to record these players in real life, it would be a very standard ensemble, um, you know, an orchestra and choir yeah. and various solo instruments. But I just really like how kind of classic that sounds. It really makes it feel epic. It really makes it feel um, dramatic and cinematic, especially. It really feels like um, something out of a film. Yeah, the biggest thing that I noticed with Jeremy Soule's work is how much control he has over the entire product. Whether it's the composing, yeah. the arranging, the orchestrating, the sounds, the implementation. He has so much control, fine fine-tuned control couldn't say it better yeah exactly what he wants to get and i don't know he gets it over and over again so now we're going to play the last track from skyrim the last track we're going to talk about today i do want to shout out in case we forget it later we're going to play you guys out with a wonderful track that was also composed by jeremy soul from the elder scrolls online which just came out very recently there were some other composers that worked on the rest of that game but he composed the main theme so we'll get to that later when we play you guys out but before that let's Let's play the last track from Skyrim. This is Savangard.
You guys are listening to Sovngarde from The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, composed by Jeremy Soule. Oh my gosh, I just can't say enough about the, his wonderful work in this entire series. Uh, we look forward to at some you know some point having him on the podcast uh, in the future. Well, I think we'll we'll make that happen. That would be really really interesting, guys. We had such a great time uh, listening to a lot of music we've never heard before. We're a very big fan of Jeremy Soul in this series. Uh, again, and in general, and in general, my favorite has got to be Skyrim. I think it's just a wonderful soundtrack but this stuff is also good i know that a lot of you are really interested in the series and are big fans of this so we hope you enjoyed our take of this music exactly the elder scrolls um just has a great musical tradition there's no two ways about it and i can't think of another example where um like you mentioned before one composer has such control over the entire thing. I mean, the closest thing I could say would be somebody like Koji Kondo, you know, who's been so intimately involved with the series that he's worked on and has at times had uh, the ability to control everything from the ideas to the finished product. But with something like this, it's so rare to get a contemporary example of that. Mm -hmm. Someone who really writes the music and creates the final finished sequence version that you hear yeah. in the game. It's really mind-blowing to think one person is capable of all that. And you know what else it is? Other than mind-blowing, an adjective I would say is inspiring. It's yeah. very inspiring, especially for people like us that we used these kind of sample libraries too. We, we do stuff right. like this too. So to, to know that this is possible... Right. This kind of uh, sound is possible. It's so inspiring and exciting. It takes a lot of hard work and it takes an incredible artistic ear. I mean, the way that he uses samples, he uses them truly as a virtual instrument and mm -hmm. makes all of the parts he acts as if he is the performer um there's such a sense of artistry to these tracks that you don't often hear with digitally sequenced music well guys we're going to play you out with a track from the elder scrolls online this is for blood for glory for honor the main theme of that game by jeremy soul guys thanks so much my name is carl brueggemann and i'm his brother will brueggemann Feel free to follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. Also, uh, keep an eye on our YouTube channel because that is how we sort of uh, are going to be promoting our upcoming album. And also, we wanted to say that next week, we're really excited because the topic is going to be Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. You couldn't <laughs> have more of a change of pace from this week's episode. So I'm really looking forward yeah, to that. Also, you can check out all of our original music at SuperMarcadoBrothers.com. Um, also, it has a link to our band camp there so you can get all of our um, original video game music and all of our game music tribute albums so yeah definitely check it out thank you so much for your time today guys i hope you enjoyed our look at the elder scrolls series have a great week everyone peace out